We are in the seventh talk of our series, Life Verses, here at Open Life. And if it sounds a little bit different than normal, that's because we had a little bit of technical difficulty yesterday with the video camera. The audio was corrupted. And so we are just doing a quick version of the talk that we did yesterday. So this is Jaden speaking today. I'm one of the pastors here at Open Life. And today we're talking, um, we're continuing on in our series about Life Verses. And so just to get everyone caught up today, uh, the three challenges challenges that we started this series off with were the first one is to be connected to scripture daily throughout the summer. We started this series back at the end of June. And so throughout the series, we've been challenging people to be connected to scripture on a daily basis. So that might mean opening up each morning and reading it before you start your day. Or maybe you like to end your day off reading scripture, but whatever amount or how much you choose to do it, we want it to be an intentional daily practice for you to be connecting with the Word of God, and whether that's a verse or a chapter or a number of chapters that you read every day, but just to so that there's never more than 24 hours where you haven't had the encouragement and just the wisdom of God's Word um, being put inside of your life as you uh, choose to read it. So that was the first challenge that we gave out to everyone. The second one is that we want to encourage everyone to find a life verse. And so all that means is finding a specific verse or a passage or um, a larger section of scripture that connects with your life. And so this might be a specific verse that uh, connected with you during a season. And then as you go from that season, you realize, man, that verse really connects with who I am as a person. And, And it really affects and changes the way I live my life. Though this is what we mean by life verses. Maybe it's just a theme that hits, strikes a chord inside of your heart that you can live out each and every day. So we wanted you to find that verse or number of verses that connect with your life. And so finally, the third challenge was for you to memorize that verse. And so maybe you picked a section of scripture that's super long, hard to memorize. You know, don't be daunted by that challenge. Maybe just find the one verse in that section that really connects with the theme of that scripture and choose to memorize that. And so the reason we want to encourage you to memorize scripture is because it's so important for us to be able to go through the seasons of our life and then have quick recall and access to those verses that we have stored up in our hearts and in our minds so that we're never far away from the promises of scripture. So we're never far away from the encouragement that might help us get through even a moment of doubt or a moment uh, where we might just feel discouraged, where we can be encouraged instantly because we've chosen to write scripture upon our heart. And so today uh, we're going to be talking about Psalm 23. And so if you know anything about the Psalms or about Psalm 23 specifically, you know that's a super popular passage of scripture that people refer to often. And so if you actually go to Google right now and you were to search Psalm, the word Psalm, and you click the space bar, the next thing that's going to auto-populate on the Google search is going to be the number 23 because it's so popular and people have found it so common to go to that specific scripture. And so we're going to be talking about that and just this idea of how we can use Psalm 23 as a a scripture, as a life verse, even maybe if you haven't found one, to just say, you know what, I'm going to base my life upon the encouragement that I find from this passage of scripture. And so maybe you would want to do that. And you say, that's my life verse. I'm going to choose to memorize uh, 
all of it or even just a passage inside of this psalm that's going to help encourage you. And so the whole way that we like to study scripture together as a church is using a method called SOAP. And we've talked about this often at Open Life. But so to quickly recap that, SOAP is an acronym for four different words. And so they all start with the letters of that make up the word SOAP. And so the first one is scripture. The second is observation. Third is application. And finally, we conclude with prayer. So it's S-O-A-P, scripture, observation observation, application, and prayer. And so this is just a simple process that we can use. Maybe you want to open up a journal and write down these things so you can record it. Maybe you use an app like the Bible app where you can highlight this and jot notes in it. And so you would put SOAP on it. And so you'd write down the scripture, write down those observations and applications, and then maybe your prayer request that comes from this passage that you're reading today. And so that's what the SOAP method is. It's just a simple way for us to study study, and begin to observe and apply the things that we're reading. And finally, we just wanna conclude it all with prayer. That's what we're doing this for is to grow closer to God. And prayer is one of the things that helps us speak and communicate with God and grow in our relationship with him. And so today to jump in, I'm just going to read Psalm 23. And so we're going to just talk about the different observations, applications that we can pull from it. And so Psalm 23 goes like this, a Psalm of David, verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that uh, passage of scripture was Psalm 23 from the English Standard Version. And so I picked that one specifically. Normally we use the New Living Translation when we read on Sundays, but I chose the English Standard Version because many of us probably grew up in church or heard that verse before, and it's often used in the King James Version. But to bridge the gap between the thou's and the shall's of the King James Version, I really found that the English Standard Version is a good way to read specifically Psalm 23. And so uh, I just wanted to kind of walk all of open life through a possible way that you could study scripture. And so we just, we have the scripture. So if we're using the SOAP method, we have the scripture. So now what observations and applications can we pull from this? And so the really, there's no big idea today. The big idea is Psalm 23. And so we're going to grab six thoughts and obser- of observations and applications that we can pull from that. And they're specifically rated, re- related to the verses in Psalm 23. And so for the first one, for the first verse it says lord is my shepherd i shall not want and so if i'm reading this and i'm trying to pull observations and applications from that i'm going to note that everything about this psalm is going to be about god as a shepherd we know that king david was a shepherd and that was his upbringing so for him to write this he's writing it from the perspective of a shepherd and so that's how he sees god is that god is a shepherd and david is this sheep and he's talking about the relationship that a shepherd has with this flock. And so it's when we're reading the rest of the psalm, it's important to note that. And so that's an observation I have. Another one is that um, that we should not want. And that's so super important. Other translations for that expression, they actually say, I lack nothing as a different way to say that. And so thought one today that I wanted to just share with everyone is that we need to find contentment. 
And, you know, this is something that's brought up often. And, and it's just something of this idea that we should be content in whatever season or situation that we find ourselves in. And one of the um, other scriptures that we find from God's word that really encourages us to do this is found in Philippians. Paul's writing this to the church of Philippi, and he's just encouraging them and thanking them for, you know, partnering with him in ministry by blessing him. And so he says this, though, to talk about his mentality in receiving those gifts from them. And he says this in verses 10 through 14 of chapter 4 in Philippians. He says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. And so one of the prayers I often have after reading scripture like this and just thinking about that Lord being my shepherd and I shall not want, that he's meeting my needs, is that God, let me learn to live with contentment. Help me to learn the secret that Paul talks about of living in every situation, whether I have everything I need or if I feel like I have little, if my stomach is full or if it is empty. And so that's so important. And one of the things I just think about is with contentment is just this idea of balance on how we can not ever make quick decisions because of a situation or a season we're in, but to be just balanced and understand this might just be a moment, this might just be a season that you're walking through. And never making rash decisions. I bought my wife, Danny a bracelet a couple years ago, just as a gift. And one of the cool things about it is um, there's two little beads inside of it that contain water. And one of the beads has water from the Dead Sea, the lowest part of the earth. And the other bead has water from it or snow melted from Mount Everest. And of course, that's what they tell you. I have no idea if the water is actually in these beads, but it's a cool idea either way. But what this idea is, is there's these two beads with contents from the lowest part of the earth and the highest part of the earth and how can we live a life that's balanced in in the in-between so when we're in those low moments how can we stay hopeful that things are gonna even out when we're in those high moments how can we choose to be humble so that we don't let ourselves think we're higher than we are and so I really think that that's what Paul is getting at when he's talking about contentment I think that's what this author of this psalm is talking about when we're talking about the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want that God wants us to be content where we're at so the psalm goes on and goes into verse 2 and he says he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters and so for me those pictures that come up in my mind those observations that I'm going to write down in a journal if I'm doing this is going to be about peace and rest and just this idea that God wants to guide us to places of peace and of rest with whatever might be going on in our lives. And it's so important to remember that, that that's God's plan for our hearts is that we would be at peace. And so that's a thought too, just a simple thing to know peace. Just that idea that we can know God and that he's leading us to places of stillness, of places of peace where we don't have to be worried or anxious and that he's helping us through that. And so when I read that, I begin to think of other verses where I know this is true and even how Jesus explains it. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, this is what Jesus said. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. 
And so just this idea and thought that whatever way we might be going through is that God wants us to take us to peace and to rest, to understand that the burden that Jesus has for us is not heavy, but it's easy that we can live with. And I always just think about even when we are going through a trial and we might think that we need to hold a special face or we have to put on a good show about how we're handling that trial that we're going through. We realizing that we don't need to do that, but we always need to trust in God with whatever that we're going through so that we can know that the burden is light, that we're walking through something and he's he's helping to move through us and ultimately restore us. And that's what um, the the author of the psalm goes to in verse 3 of Psalm 23. He says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so what I realize in that is that as God is restoring our soul, we're going to begin to live our lives. And, you know, we go through our life. And so what I need to realize is that what I do, the actions I take, are always going to point back to God and who He is. And so to best honor God, I should let Him lead the way that I'm living because He's going to lead me down paths of righteousness. He's going to lead me in the right way. And so that's what thought three is, is to follow God's lead. And so that's what I just need to constantly realize that God restores me and sets me along a right path. He moves me forward and I know he's not going to guide me in a wrong direction, that he's going to guide me in a place that is going to bring life, that's going to be a right path for my life. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21, the author of that really points to this. And he says, now may the God of peace. So it's again, talking about peace that we talked about in verse two, but Hebrews, he says, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So what I love about this verse is it talks a lot of things that we've already talked about. He talks about peace and about uh, Jesus even being the great shepherd, not just the good shepherd. So it refers back to what we talked about, about the Lord being my shepherd. But then it goes on and the author of Hebrews writes that he's equipping us for everything we need for doing his will. And so as we're following that right path, we can know that God has given us everything we need to, to walk in that path. That through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing we're going to be doing is going to be pleasing to him. What we do comes back and honors God. And so Jesus is not just a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. He's equipping us with everything we need to live our lives. Not an aimless life that is just out there drifting, but actually a life with purpose and one that is going to work for his will. And so when we are going to be doing this, we're not only finding true life, we are bringing glory back to Christ, doing everything that is good and that is pleasing to him. And so I just, I find that so encouraging that the what we do often brings honor back to God. He leads us in passive righteousness for his namesake. So the, the author of the Psalm, Psalm 23, verse 4, it goes into this next part that's really famous that we all hear before. And so it says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
And so that verse I find to be super encouraging when we're going through a hard time. I know in our culture, that's a verse that gets repeated often about God being with us in those times. And when I hear that verse, I instantly think um, just for where I was at life about the 9-11 attacks on September 11th, 2001. I think about that because in that evening of those attacks, our president at the time, George W. Bush, addressed the nation. And what he did was just, you know, reassured everyone that things were going to be, you know, we're going to work out and that everything was going to happen, you know, like just the like response and address to the nation. But then in the, at the end of that address, he used this verse specifically to do that. And so I have just an audio clip for you to listen to, to hear that. Tonight, I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. This is a day when all Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. And so that is just a perfect lead into thought for from this verse is to know God is with us. And that's so crucially important for us personally. You know, two weeks ago in this Life Versus series, I had the chance to share my life verse. And that was all about how God is with us in our lowest moments. And so this verse 4 of Psalm 23 fits perfectly in line with that. But it's so important to even rehash is that personally, we can know that God is with us no matter what we're going through, that we don't have to fear because God is with us. But also, you know, it works personally, but it also helps as a church for us to remember that, that the needs of other people, that God is with them walking through that. And so that should change the way I pray, the way I think about those relationships I have in amongst our community of believers here at Open Life. And, you know, right now in our team um, of Open Life, we we have uh, people in Indonesia that are reaching across the world to encourage people about Jesus. And they're in a time where they need prayer. You know, they're at the end of their trip. Some of them are very sick and they've just been dealing with stomach issues. And so we just want to pray for them intentionally and commit to be doing that, that we know that God is with us when we're going through hard times, but God is with them when they're doing going through hard times as well. And so that just changes the way we pray. When we know that God is with us, we can pray differently even when it's not us who might be going through a hard season, but people that we know. And so then even as a nation, as we listen to that clip, we find encouragement of it. And, you know, this is a time in our country, you know, just yesterday or on Sunday, on Saturday, over the weekend, you know, our country's going through these uh, attacks and mass shootings. And so we have to know that God is with us through these things, but also that he's empowering us to live differently, to not just jump on board with the political, you know, ramblings that are to come out from these events, but to actually go and be active as part of the solution. And so I just pray that we would realize that whenever these things happen, where people need to know truth and they need to know the hope that we have in God, but also we would be empowered to live differently in response to these things, knowing that in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of a hard season, that we can trust God, that he is with us and he's gonna empower us to live our lives to encourage others as well and to be part of the solution and not the problem.
And so at the other end of that verse four, he talks to, the author talks about the rod and the staff. And oftentimes we connect those things to uh, maybe abuse or about, you know, uh, just discipline. But really these tools of the rod and the staff for a shepherd, they're actually tools of direction and guidance and protection for the flock. He, the, the shepherd, when he's using these, he's keeping the sheep on course. When they might be running away, looking for greener pastures, the shepherd uses the rod and the staff to bring back the sheep, to, to bring him into closeness, into community. You know, he uses the rod and the staff to count the number of his flock so that he can know who they are, so that he can know where they are and I can keep them close in what he's doing. And so the point is that we should stay close to God. Then we'll constantly know that he is with us. And so that's what I love about this uh, verse four is that it's just, a, it's just talking over and over about how we can know that God is with us and that he's keeping us close to him. So the Psalm 23 goes on to verse five and it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup over flows. And so my my quick observations on that are just that this is like kind of a host hosting people and just bringing people to the table and preparing a feast for them, even if there's the presence of enemies around, you know, and then when you think about anointing heads with oil and just an overflowing cup, you're talking about blessings and abundance. And so thought number five is that we need to trust God will meet our needs. And so what I love about this, um, just in this culture that the psalm is written in, is it's like when you invite a guest into your home, you're not just inviting them for a meal and then they leave. You're inviting them for a meal and then they get the protection of the host. And that's what's really being uh, explained right here is that as this invited guest has come, even in the presence of his enemies, that there's going to be protection now because of the host. And that's what God is. is he's protecting us even in the midst of our enemies and shows us how we can be uh, protected and move forward in our lives from that. And so in, and when you're talking about um, just anointing with oil, that is an act of blessing on the people that are there. They're, you're blessing them and you're saying, I'm coming under the covering of God. I'm coming under the anointing of God. I'm going to go forward in my life knowing that I have his blessings with me. And, and that is going to come with abundance. And so the cup overflows. When you think you have enough, you can know that God wants to help bless you even more than what you could ever dream or imagine. And for me, the, the, the other verses in scripture that pop out are Romans 8, when it says, if God is for us, who can be against us, even in the presence of our enemies, we know that we can live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit and knowing how we can live rightly and justly for God. And so that means, you know, and with Jesus, we know that that means loving our enemies. That means uh, really just going the extra mile to bless people, even we know we won't be blessed. And so there's a lot, it's heavy and it's, it's packed full of content, but that means that we can live our lives knowing that God is there to bless us and with not just blessings, small blessings, but large blessings and abundance in the way we live. And so then it goes on to verse six. And this is the last verse of Psalm 23. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so this isn't just for a season or a moment, but this is a lifelong relationship. And so thought six, I just want this, I'll explain it after I say it, but it's I want to live in God's wake. 
And so think about like the last time you were on a boat and you're even on a ferry if you've been if you've ever ridden it in Puget Sound and you look at the back and you just see this large wake. And so what it does is it just goes out and it affects everything around it. And so when I think about this about goodness and mercy shall follow me, it's almost like mercy and goodness are in my wake. But the only reason and the only way that I can find that is if I'm in the wake of God. And that's what I love about God is that when God leads us, when we're getting that uh, goodness and mercy that's in in his wake. And so I just want to be right in the middle of that. And so if you think of water sports and you think about being on a tube, because I've never been good enough to like water ski or wakeboard. But uh, when I'm on that tube, you know, you're in the wake of the boat. And that's where the sweet spot is. It's like you're inside of it. Or if you've ever done wake surfing, where the actual wake of the boat is what propels you forward. Just think about that. If we could live in God's wake of goodness and mercy, then we'll know that goodness and mercy are going to follow us all the days of our life. And so that that's just a process of us being with him on a continual basis. As God leads us as a shepherd, what follows and comes after are his goodness and his mercy. And so that's not to say that we won't face trials or times in the valley. You know, we talked about that already, but what can we hold on to? It's that God is with us. He's guiding us, leading us to peace and restoring our soul on a continual basis. And so one, uh, I just want to read you something that was even sent in from one of uh, the people that come to Open Life. His name's Bill Boyle. And it's actually the reason we chose to do Psalm 23 as one of our life verse passages is because he sent it in and said, you know what, Psalm 23 has been super impactful for me. And so this is what he said, and it's a good summary of Psalm 23. He says, no matter if I am at the top of the mountain or walking in the valley. He is always with me. He is my comforter in all things. And I can't think of a better way to kind of summarize what uh, Psalm 23 is all about and how we can connect it to our lives and live differently. And so uh, just imagine, you know, if you did this on your own, you picked Psalm 23, that's your scripture. So you're using the SOAP method. So that's the scripture. And then you've written down some observations and applications. And so you're getting ready to pray. But one of the last questions I always like to do when I'm reading scripture is just to ask myself, well, where is Jesus in this? And so if you asked, were to ask yourself that question about Psalm 23, I hope that your mind would jump to when Jesus talks about the good shepherd. And so that's found in the, uh, chapter 10 of the book of John. And so it's uh, verses 1 through 18. And I just want to read that and kind of talk about some applications that can connect to Psalm 23 from what Jesus said himself. And so this is what the story, as you read it in John 10 says in verse 1. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So just to pause right there, uh, Jesus is going to explain what that illustration that he was just said to the followers who are asking him. So, But he's going to focus on three kind of main things. He's going to focus on the gate that he talked about. He's going to talk about the distractions, the thief, the robbers, the strangers, and just how they distract from um, the good shepherd. And so then finally, he's going to talk about the shepherd and what that means. And so as we go on and 
in verse 7, this is what he said. So he explained to them, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. And so even just to pause right there, it's even like cool to see that Jesus talks about that. They will find good pastures. And so when we think about Psalm 23, we remember that the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to guide me to green pastures and still waters. And so it continues on in verse 10 of John. It says, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so we pause and think about that, that Jesus is our way to life, that we do have good pastures that he's leading us to, green pastures like we read in Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. That's what Jesus is getting at. And then like even when you think about that life where the, the purpose of the thief is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give life, then you think back to Jesus saying, you know what, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he continues on to explain who the shepherd is. And he says this in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And so what Jesus is saying is that he's going to sacrifice himself for those who have and will follow him in the future. And so it's Jesus isn't going to abandon us in a time of need. He's not going to abandon us when we're attacked. But in fact, Jesus is going to protect us and sacrifice himself for us. And so remember when we read in verse Psalm 23 about verse 4, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's the mentality that we can have when we're walking through trials and times of need is that God is with us. We shouldn't have to fear. And so this isn't I will show no fear but internally I'm sick with worry. I'm anxious. I have panic attacks. It's actually like this. I will not fear for Christ is with us. And that fear dissipates. It leaves. And so what I just loved about this is it was a good example. Uh, our uh, One of our worship leaders, Dave Rand, he suggested, he knew we were going to be talking about Psalm 23 today. And he suggested that in prep, I should watch this movie called Free Solo. And I hadn't heard about it at all, but I guess it won some awards at the Oscars. But it's a, this documentary documentary about this uh, rock climber named Alex Honnold. And um, what's incredible about it is this guy, he climbs mountains and the faces of rocks without any um, straps or rope or anything. He's He just free climbs the whole thing. And so he went on this endeavor to uh, climb up El Capitan in Cap California without any rope. And so it's this huge feat. And so they talk about how he, the process of doing that. Um, but what was cool about it and what Dave wanted me to know is just how he processes fear. And what they do during this documentary is show him going to the doctor where they analyze his brain. And they realize that his amygdala is just so slow as a, a fear receptor that he needs so much stimulation to even f feel the fear. And so when we're talking about Psalm 23 verse 4 about 
us not having fear because we know that Christ is with us. I love to think that that's what's happening when we know that God is with us and we might be in a time of fear is that fear is actually leaving us. It dissipates. It's if we were be having our brain processed at the time that we would see that there would be no fear because we know God is with us. And so I hope that encourages you when you're talking about times and trials is that Jesus isn't just standing aside and letting us get attacked. He sacrificed himself for us. And we can know that that sacrifice is encouraging us and helping us through and knowing that Christ is with us. We do not need to fear. But he goes on in uh, in the book of John in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And so just to think one more time, Jesus knows his sheep. Knowing is not just knowledge, but it's more of this close, deep relationship that will be shared between Jesus and those that have chosen to follow him. It's not just that we have knowledge of who Jesus is. It's not just that we've read a bunch of books, but that we know Jesus on a personal level. level. That we choose to know the blessings that come from him. So that when we think of it, even about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Though we were talking about this close relationship between a, a shepherd and a sheep. The, the shepherd knows the name of his flock. The flock know the voice of the shepherd. And so he concludes this in verse 17. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. And so Jesus is saying this to his disciples at the time to encourage them because he he knows it's about the time of his death and resurrection. And he knows they're going to be scared. He knows they're going to have fear. He knows that they're going to be questioning all the things that Jesus has taught them about. But it's, he's a, he's just trying to help them to understand that his way is not a way that's going to lead to death or destruction or sorrow, but rather it's a way to life of love and abundance. And so it's so important to know just this idea if that if the Lord is my shepherd that we need to know his voice. And so our action point today, if we're going to write down an action from anything that we've read through Psalm 23 and then in John 10 that we're going to apply to our lives and live differently is that we need to know the shepherd's voice. That's our action point that we would know the shepherd's voice. And so we do that by spending time with God on a continual basis. We do that by trusting in him when we're going through a time in our lives where we might be fearful, but we know that God is with us. We do that by finding contentment. We do that by just trusting in the the way that he wants us to live by following him in those right paths. And so, you know, at service, we did something a little bit different. We, um, we 
actually concluded by reading Psalm 23 again. And then we went through this new song that Hillsong created that really kind of fits in with the pictures of Psalm 23. And so if you want to listen to that on your own, I encourage you to search the song Highlands by Hillsong and it will pop up on YouTube or Apple Music or Spotify, whatever you use to listen to music and just listen to that and process. And so I'm going to conclude um, just today by reading it one more time for us and then I'll pray. And so but what I want you to do when we pray is that you would think about the needs in your own life. You know, we uh, called some people up and just prayed for them in our church. Um, someone who is going through a knee surgery the next day. Someone who's getting shipped off to the Marines the next day. And just knowing that God is our shepherd. And just how we can live our lives differently because of that. Even if we're going through a trial or a struggle in our life. So I'm going to read Psalm 23 one more time. I'm going to pray for you. And I just want you to think and process and pray on your own as well that God would encourage you through this time, that we would know he is our shepherd. So again, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, we just take time right now to even process that scripture one more time. We just ask, Lord, that we would know you as the good shepherd. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us in whatever season we might be in in our lives, God, where we might feel like we're far from you. God, let us know that you are with us and that you're calling us to be closer to you. Lord, let us know your voice. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would understand what it means for you to restore our soul, what it means for us to walk in paths of righteousness as we follow you and give you honor. God, let us know what it means for you to prepare a table of blessing and abundance even when we feel attacked by our enemies. God, let us live in your wake of goodness and mercy. God, let it come upon us, God, as we live our lives on a continual basis. God, let us always remember that we serve a good shepherd that sacrificed himself for us in Jesus. And so I just pray today, whatever struggle people might be going through, maybe it's people that feel they're on the highs of life or they're in the lowest valley, God, let them know and understand that you are with them. And so I just pray, God, if people are listening in their car or if they're listening while they're doing chores around the house or if they're on their way to work or they're during their lunch break, God, wherever they're at, God, I pray that they would be encouraged and know that you're calling them to abundance and blessing, that you're calling them to encouragement, God, but ultimately, God, you are with them and whatever they're going through. So we just ask all this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and your week. And I hope to see you um, this next Sunday at Open Life Church at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. Have a good one.